Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin. And Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're super excited to have Zach Morrow from Boron Capital on the show. Uh, Zach is a seasoned real estate and cryptocurrency hedge fund manager who is passionate about helping investors invest confidently into alternative asset classes like blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and specific sectors of the real estate. Uh, we're super excited. This is going to be awesome, guys. So uh, let's dive into it. Man, I. I think Zach's got more to his background than that. A, a Marine, you can't just say, oh, he's just a hedge funds manager. This guy has has some chops to him. Zach, we're excited to have you on the show today because um, you talk about two things we really like, real estate and crypto. So this That's is going right. to be a fun show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, don't come at me for not saying that. I, I, I go with what's in front of me. I read it. You know, As long as I'm reading it, if it's there, it gets read. That is not in his suggested intro, but it is there, and it's kind of cool. It is. So I want uh, us to kind of talk about it because that's important. Zach, tell us how you got to where you are. Give us a brief background about yourself and let us know kind of like who Zach is. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Adam. Uh, happy to share and um, really, really fortunate and feel blessed to be able to spend time with you guys on the show and get to share with the audience and hopefully bring as much valuable value as possible. And, you know, as far as, like you said, we run funds now. That's what we do. So our funds are set up for accredited investors. But you shared a little bit about your audience and what you guys do, helping people utilize things like land, grow their cash positions, and over time build up and help looking into other assets. And that's really the story of our company. And um, obviously, the company story is a little different than mine. You mentioned um, I got started as a Marine. So out of high school, I went in the Marine Corps. Uh, I served five years in the Marine Corps. And basically in boot camp, got called out and had to walk across not wearing where I was going. They started asking me a bunch of questions in a room. And um, if you raised your hand, they, they kicked you out. And by the end, I hadn't raised my hand. I was still sitting there and they said, come back, you know, at a later time, we'll tell you what's going on. And oh, eventually man. that led to me being selected for a presidential security force uh, where I served um, for quite some time in D.C., um, in a position that's considered in direct support of the president and uh, worked for a top secret facility and department of the White House. So that's kind of where things got started. Was okay. there uh, more on that you guys wanted to explore? No, man. We, well, we, uh, we, well, go ahead. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. He okay. said top secret facility. <laughs> you still got that? Top, can you, is it still top secret? Uh, which part? Well, I don't know. Whatever. Well, I can whatever talk about certain things. Like, so certain things we can talk about. Certain things we can't talk about. The <laughs> facility is still top secret. I mean, okay. it's not that people don't know the facility exists, um, but obviously, what happens inside of it um, as as matters of national security, right? Gotcha, gotcha. And you so, can tell us, but then you'd have to kill us, type of thing. <laughs> I think it's more kind of like the champagne room. You, you 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 don't really talk about what happens in the champagne room. Okay. It just gets gotcha. right, right to same, the champagne room. Uh, we'll champagne room and Fight room. Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number one rule. Gotcha. Cool. So then uh, from there, got into real estate and crypto or did crypto come first or, or what kind of happened there? No. So, you know, coming out of the Marine Corps, you know, I had started a family. I was married at the time now and um, had a little girl. Um, she's about two and a half at the time. And, um, you know, I realized that I wanted to be in a position where I had more control of um, my family's future 
And just being able to not be in a position where I had to put my work before my family, which was what was expected, you know, mm-hmm. in that position. You know, I had we had trips where we were leaving. I couldn't tell my wife where we were going, you know, just that I'm going. Yeah. And she didn't get to know where we were going to, when we were going to be back, things like that. And, you know, that was just not something that I wanted for the long term. And I think for, for so many people that are getting started on their journey, it's a it's an idea of, you maybe been through some things you don't like, you see some things you'd rather have and try and forge a way to figure out how to get there. And for me, that was coming back. We moved um, uh, back to West Texas. That's where she's from. I graduated high school in this area. And uh, after moving back to West Texas, I was going to school full time, working full time and working on opening my own business. And yeah. um, inside the business space, it was um, finding a way to try to create something that could afford us the financial and time freedom that, um, I desired for my family and in the life I wanted. I think that's like anybody listening to this. I mean, financial and time freedom is, is definitely a goal so that you can have the opportunity to pursue the values that, that you most um, appreciate. And so for me, that was starting a business. And, um, you know, kind of during that time, you know, that business was more focused in areas that I had prior experience in, which was uh, physical fitness, um, nutrition, and things like that. And so I had opened up and partnered on a supplement company. I had worked and opened up a uh, 24-7 full access uh, gym and training studio and things like that. And over time, I got connected with a gentleman by the name of Blake Templeton. And uh, Blake uh, became a mentor. He was consulting for my business, helping me learn more about the business side. I had uh, the specialty training for, you know, the area I was working in. But as far as growing inside business, I think anybody that's had that entrepreneurial journey realizes that there's all new things to, to learn at every every stage of, of uh, development. And um, what eventually happened was um, I'd say the Lord had a different path for me. And I sold out of my positions inside the facility, out of the supplement company, and ended up joining the team full-time here at Boron Capital and um, partnering on what we were doing and creating here. And that was, at the time, fully focused on real estate. Okay. And so I think that Blake, growing the company, he really had that that story of getting started with nothing as well. And he utilized um, flips and wholesales and single family to build up his cash positions. And I think that's a lot about what you guys teach is utilizing, you know, um, real estate opportunities and specifically land to be able to build up that cash position. And so I really love what you guys teach there. And um, that's really how this company got started. And eventually over time, it went from flips to building up cash positions where that could then be leveraged into larger deals in, into corporate housing and apartment complexes, multifamily opportunities and running syndications and uh, growing inside of that space. And it eventually evolved into um, real estate fund and more of a fund model. And it wasn't, I'll tell you, we weren't on board with crypto until um, really beginning of 2020. And uh, we've been watching the space for quite some time. But as far as an investment asset, it wasn't one that we were interested in um, really until just a couple years ago. And I'm happy to share kind of what shifted and what changed. But um, we've been real estate through and through since 2006. And then uh, really since 2020 is whenever we came on board for crypto. Good. So if you kind of dissect one of your funds for us, what kind of asset classes are your funds put into right now? Are they, is it traditional, like single family, a bunch of like a, a portfolio there? Is it multifamily, um, self-storage? What, what are y'all into right now? Yeah, so on the real estate side, our primary sectors of uh, growth right now are in self-storage and mobile home communities. So when we were designing this fund, 
really it was at a position in time where we're looking into the future and asking ourselves what are the asset classes that we want to be in and, and can foresee um, not only being able to do well during a thriving market, but have have some uh, recession resistant traits. And both of these asset classes have really shown to be recession resistant. And I think that anybody that's out watching the market right now as you're processing long-term assets, that's going to be one of your considerations is what the heck's going to happen? <laughs> and am I hedged in both directions to be able to take advantage of, of, of those asset classes? So we're really focused on asset accumulation right now in the fund. And so right now we're going out, we're acquiring self-storage and mobile home communities. And then so like an investor coming into the fund, really what they're doing is any investor coming into an asset is really asking the primary question of, you know, first, you know, when do I get my money back and how do I get my money back? Am I going to get my money back through this investment? Second is, do I agree with the strategy? Third, do I think that this team can actually execute on that strategy, right? And so for us, you know, to answer the first question with this being a more of long-term asset accumulation, this one's structured um, inside of those spaces for us to first return all the capital to the investors. We then do a preferred rate on that capital while it's working in the deal. And then actually once all of your money plus your interest is paid back, you maintain your equity ownership for the life of the fund, even with no money left in the deal. So um, for us and our investors, we're really partnering on asset accumulation at this time, time frame inside those two asset classes. Cool. What, what does a preferred rate look like in that time, that your time frame? Yeah, so the preferred rate on the capital in the deal while your cap before your capital has been returned to you is an 8% preferred. Nice. So they're coming in. The first thing we're doing is paying back all the capital, and then you're accumulating that 8% on that capital that's working in the deal. And then, of okay. course, all of your equity ownership you retain even after you get all your money back. And what's the minimum somebody puts into your, your fund? A 250000 Okay, cool. It's a... Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to see, you know, where you're at with that because we're starting to see the apartment syndicators, their money's, the, the preferred rates are starting to slowly drop. They were 10%, then they hit eight, <laughs> then you're seeing seven, then you're seeing six, and then they're now they have your pref A or pref Bs or your Cs and Ds. Hey, we'll give you 10, yep. but you got to put X amount in and it's got to be held for this long. So it's, it's good to yep. see your rates at that point. Yeah, and, and that, that really is um, a consideration of, of asset class. You know, right now, um, we've, we've spent time in multifamily, and it's not that there's not good deals still out there, but, but for us, um, we're seeing the margins be compressed significantly with all the new money in, into the market. Yeah. And um, right now, we feel like self-storage and mobile home communities, not only do they offer that good recession-resistant uh, asset classes, but they still are retaining in, in, in strong cash flow. And then, of course, the longevity, we think that they really stand to benefit from money overflowing and looking for a new home. So the appreciation value of markets continue to put money back to work. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that overflow into these markets, especially over time, which which help our rates and help our appreciation, right? So that's why we we primarily made the shift for multifamily. Wow. Or one of the considerations, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've always loved uh, the idea of self-storage and the mobile home parks. I'm curious when y'all look at mobile home uh, the parks are y'all interested in just buying the dirt and leasing that or do y'all buy homes as well and how's all that yeah so so good question adam we actually focus on running and owning the land and the lots okay. so we're not actually owning the homes themselves and um what that really helps for us is obviously our capex goes down tremendously and um we tend to have better tenants Longer tenancies, people are owning and taking care of their property because they own it, right? Okay. So these are homeowners who take um, better care of their properties. They're staying for longer tenancies. 
then of course, you know, if anybody moves, it's typically a sell, not an actual, you know, a move out. So we focus again, primarily on the land, the lots and running the community versus actually the homes themselves. It sounds like there's an opportunity with them that since they don't want to own the homes that are in the park, when you acquire a new one, you just call us and say, hey, we've got a few houses on here. You can own or finance <laughs> them out to some people for us. Hey, possibly so, man. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to take a look at look at that after the show. Always yeah? looking for that that little that little edge on somebody else to get in there and get a couple mortgages. Where do y'all That's like right. to invest? Do you have a specific area, the part of the country that you'll try and stay in, or we just go wherever the deal is? Yeah, so I would I would say that we will go wherever the deal is. It's not that we're only limited by by geography, um, but right now. Um, if I was going to say areas I'm liking presently, um, I'd really take Texas running kind of along the Sun Belt across the southern border going east, you know, over into South Carolina, Florida. Um, and then all the way, if we look at East Coast, up around actually the DMV, which is the, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. We've made a few acquisitions in that area here recently. Well, have you ever gone ground up with a mobile home facility or have you all just purely buy uh, ones that are already out there? Yeah, so as far as... Um, construction as a firm we've done construction and ground up uh in the past right now we're really focused on acquiring things that are already in existence okay cool I see. but 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 for your listener you know if they're wanting to get into it you know it's definitely something that they can look into you know because you know where and how you create value is going to be unique to whatever your specific position is right mm -hmm. like with your guy who's going out or your gal who's going out and buying the land trying to grow that and flip it for cash and then grow that portfolio well the next opportunity, if, if you've got, you know, the chops for it to go out and run a construction project and then be able to then leverage that and flip it to somebody, well, then that's another opportunity to, to provide value. So finding your area with inside the market, our specific um, decision to acquire existing business has to do with the fact that we're really looking for things that are already in operation where we can have more stability and um, really bring in a value add from a management play and a um, economy of scale. I like what he said there. Find your position in the market. And that meaning, you know, we tell people riches are in the niches. You hear that cliche all the time. But people, they want to fight the market a lot of times. They want to, they don't want to go with, well, okay, the market's telling me this, but I'm going to go do this over here because I heard somebody on a podcast one day said, if your market's talking to you and telling you, hey, this is where it's, you're, you're being successful in it, you're, it's just speaking to you and it's, you find it somewhat easy, you should do like Zach just said, just, you know, follow that position, just grow that position, get better at that position and slowly add in another level. So, yeah, I, like I agree that, that com with that completely. Yeah. Knowing exactly where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish in that season. Right. Yep. So for the guy who's getting to, or a gal that's trying to grow their positions as far as cash flow and they want to actively run a business, you know, that could be the construction side that could be, you know, out finding the deals. It could be out allocating capital or you know if you're somebody who's in a position where maybe you are already running a business and you've got excess cash well then you might be looking more at deploying capital into a fund or to a syndication right so understanding where you're at kind of in, in the cycle is uh, extremely important of uh, what's going to be most valuable to you in your current circumstance love it cool y'all acquire everything through brokers you do off market or uh, pretty much everything comes off market. Okay. So, you know, at this point, um, some of our partners on the deal, you know, we've got one gentleman that's been in the industry for 50 years. You know, he runs one of the largest management companies in the nation for these types of assets. So in a lot of cases, we're able to acquire off market. These are 
particular deals that are, you know, phone calls are going out to particular groups and then offers are going in. Those offers go in and then of course it becomes a, a back and forth and everybody's zeroing in to figure out who's gonna be the winner and um, acquiring that way. But yeah, sometimes that's calls from brokers, but um, typically it's, it's an off-market deal that then we're, we're actually seeking out. Cool. Nice. I know you want to ask him about some crypto. Just go ahead and do it. I'm curious. I've never talked to anyone that runs like a crypto fund or anything like that. So I'm just curious how it works, like what y'all's goals are. Just give it all to me. Give me the give me the The crypto elevator pitch. Okay, the crypto elevator pitch, right? (laughs) Crypto's going to change the world. No, I actually really believe that blockchain technology will revolutionize the way everything works. Agreed. Okay, so like that's kind of the under. Yeah, like that's the underpending like value proposition mm-hmm. now with that in mind it's like well the internet revolutionized the world but then where are your winners and where are your losers yeah. right so our job is to set up a structure or a strategy within inside this world to be able to um, help investors invest into this area so our fund specifically and every fund could could be different right strategy just because i'm invested in self-storage mobile home communities you know you're going to find X amount of other people that are also invested in those things and their strategy could look completely different, right? It's like, you know, like I said, we're focused on long-term hold where somebody else might be focused on a 24 month value add flip renovation and, and move into cash. Yeah. So depending on where everybody's at, you have to align your strategy with where you're going. But as far as crypto, uh, particularly with our fund, our fund is really about giving investors access to an actively managed index. And so what I mean by that is we're going out and we're creating a sort of diversified portfolio inside of specific projects that we feel have good utility, have good teams behind them, have good adoption presently, and also have a really strong network effect of people that are already using it, and it's gonna actually you know, pay off in the real world. So you know, a lot of people think it's 100% speculative, but we've got certain projects and cryptos that are doing millions of transactions a day. So it's not that these things are still years away, there's present utility in the millions and millions on a daily basis within certain projects. Now, are there tens of thousands of complete We'll just say you can uh, baloney. Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah, guess yeah. here. We're, we've yeah, got to yeah, tell yeah. it for me that way. Yeah, uh, Justin put it way more eloquently than I yeah. did. Um, but yeah, that that's the reality. There's a lot of stuff that's, that's that has no worth presently. And um, that doesn't mean that there's not a ton of value and opportunity there. So our goal is to help investors outpace the market, have a diversified portfolio where it's going to be actively managed by a team that's um, ongoing taking positions and doing the research and analysis to give them exposure into this market without them having to go and try to be the expert in something that takes a long time to learn. So um, as far as like nuanced questions, I'm, I'm happy to answer those. But, um, you know, I'll tell you, you know, we kind of look at it from a, a benchmark perspective, right? If you were going to invest in a fund, you know, they might benchmark against the S&P. How did you perform against the broader market? For us, we're looking at how do we perform against Bitcoin itself? Okay. Because Bitcoin really is, you know, the, the, the dominant market as far as um, crypto is concerned. And so our goal is to outpace Bitcoin. And I'll tell you, you know, last year, extremely volatile year in, in 2021. And, you know, our partners uh, doubled the return of Bitcoin. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's something that um, we're, we're seeking to do on a regular basis. Mitigate your downside, mitigate your risk on the downside and help you increase your upside. 
Cool. So you need to take you need him to take a large position in Zuna for you, don't you? <laughs> yeah. What is it? He, I don't know if he's <laughs> going to be super interested in Zuna, but feel free. I I got a great one for you. Okay. So tell me when uh, when someone invests into a, like a crypto fund like this, is there a time frame that they have to be in, or can they pull in or pull out whenever? Pull. Or put yeah. So. So we can t kind of talk general or more specific. Um, in general, most funds like this have what's called a lockup period. And a lockup, you know, typically out there 12 to 36 months is pretty normal. Um, ours is a 12-month lockup, meaning during the first initial 12 months after investment, those funds have to stay working inside the fund. And then after, you have the ability on a quarterly basis to make withdrawals. So very similar, every quarter you can take out whatever it is you wanted to take out, right? So the funds will continue to work and grow inside of it. What's normal is people are initially starting with a larger chunk. And then typically we have people that are allocating then additionally on like a monthly and quarterly basis and just growing their portfolio inside of there while we're actively managing it. And then of course, at any point in time in the future, you know, after that 12 month lockup, you're able to redeem back out on a quarterly basis. Okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Sir, do you, um, just out of curiosity, like how many different uh, coins are inside a fund like this? Are we talking five, the top five or 10, or is there a hundred coins in this? Like how spread is this risk? And how much are you moving them? I guess it'd be a better, are you rotating through and cycling through? Yeah, so the positions are going to be changing based off the data in the market. Right. So like, for instance, you know, I'll give you an example <clears throat> right now in January, we saw a large pullback in crypto. Right. So anybody that's watching the market knows that in January is a large pullback. Well, I'll just tell you um, that was something that we were preparing for. So we actually moved and pulled out a large cash position beginning of December. And so we were then able to sit in a large cash position, watch those markets come down. And then we've been deploying cash going down towards the bottom, right? And so then we're watching what's happening, we're letting the data speak, and then we're deploying back whenever we feel that it's in, in right positions to, to do so. Um, but to your question about, you know, what's the portfolio look like? I mean, it's reasonable to say that we're probably gonna be in anywhere from eight to 15 projects at any given time. And within crypto, you know, even though there is a lot of correlation inside the market right now following Bitcoin, uh, we believe that over time there will be a decoupling and you will start to see more sectors have um, different uh, movements, right? So right now we know that Ethereum does something different than Bitcoin, but they still really follow each other. But over time, you're going to start to see separation inside those markets because right now, generally, people kind of look at portfolio as a single market rather than a broader market. Um, but within those eight to 15 positions, we're going to be trading amongst those positions. It might be back and forth against each other. We might be trading it against the dollar. Um, we might be um, shrinking positions, growing positions, but we're always rebalancing the portfolio to take positions that we believe are right for the market at that time. Cool. God, who, I don't know that I'd want to be that guy because crypto is so volatile that you're always having to follow that. So it's not something you're doing pretty like, oh, every day I'm just sitting there just stressing out. I would just, I, I would be, I'd be a waste at that point, just mentally drained every day. Yeah, you definitely have to be uh, the right person for the job. Yeah. You know, it, it is a, it takes a special person. You know, our our lead portfolio manager's name's Austin Barnard, and the guy is just he is built for it. Okay, um, he does an incredible job, um, and um, yeah, it really is a twenty four seven market, and you have to be on top of it. So, um, 
hats off to him. I'll give him that. <laughs> I wish I would have had his foresight to pull out in early December. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's okay. Diamond hands here, you know. I'm just Di- a holder. I'm just a holder. Oh, God. I ride all the waves. Well, and, that's, well and, and that's fine too, right? The main difference is, you know, when you're holding that way, I think that I would I'm net long, meaning that over the long period, I think you're going to do a great job, right? Even if you just sit there and hold. But um, our job as, as managers is to help limit your risk on that downside and then ho- obviously help increase your long-term value created over time and just helping managing timeframes. So, you know, um, I'm not ever going to give anybody a hard time that's, that's in the market and uh, holding on to some good projects. Nice. I like that he calls them projects versus coins, though. Like yeah. We're like, oh, your coin here, your coin. He's like, no, they're projects. Because of the, the technology underpinning, and I, and I assume that's why we're calling them that. But. Yeah, and, and everything's going to be a little bit different, right? So, like, I mean, Bitcoin itself, it's a financial instrument, okay? Yep. And then it's really viewed more like property. I mean, it's already been deemed not a security, so um, it's really more of a property play. So, like, that, like that's how you, like, ask yourself, like, how do real estate people get into crypto? Well, the reality is we, under, we started digging in deeper, and the further we went down into it, we realized, like, this is actual digital property here. And then asking the, the questions of real ownership and actually having, you know, the, the questions asked of where's market, where are the markets going and where do we want exposure? And our, our final thought on that is we want exposure throughout these specialty groups inside of real estate and we want exposure inside these markets. And, um, but yes, you've got a whole classification of different projects trying to do different things. You know, and so while there's a current, there's a cryptocurrency associated with the project, you know, what the team behind the project, the intent of the project, the utility of the project, those are all considerations that have to be taken into account. Speaking of this stuff being like a property and um, whatnot, is, uh, do y'all get into the NFT space? I know that's kind of super hot right now. So our fund presently does not have any exposure to any NFTs directly. But we do obviously have exposure into Ethereum and some other layer one projects where, you know, NFTs are being built. So, you know, we have indirect exposure, obviously, to any growth there. You know, those underlying projects should stand to benefit from. But as far as the direct risk of an individual NFT, um, we don't have any of that risk. Now, if you want to talk about NFTs, we can talk about NFTs. But um, to answer your question about the fund, I mean, that, that's the answer fund related <laughs> well, well, well what's the non-fun related the not about it the non you related it? zach we're, at, we're having a beer right now man <laughs> okay tell, tell okay, us what you so think we're have, you know what's funny adam and justin for the, those listening they said this is gonna be like us sitting down and having a beer i'm like well nobody sent me a beer guys what happened <laughs> that's that's the new thing is whenever you're gonna bring something on you should you get a little mail out and i should yeah, get a, a beer in the mail That'd right, be awesome. Right. Dry, dry ice, everything that works. Um, so it comes cold. It's ready to go. As soon that's as you what open. I'm saying. Yeah, it's got to come yeah. cold. That, that's, that's, that's what we've got to do there. But um, no, to, to your question, if we're just talking about NFTs, you got to figure out where and how you want to participate. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of hype and there's going to be things that do well now, but may not do well later. Okay. I can tell you the sentiment and the idea behind NFTs right now. There's a ton of use cases for uh, future use. It's not necessarily how they're being used right now. But like one neat thing, I mean, everybody at the Super Bowl right now, their ticket's going to be an NFT. Oh, wow. So 
I, I was baffled when I heard about that. So anybody that's going to the Super Bowl right now, they're going to get an NFT about their ticket, and now they, they will actually, you know, verifiably own that as almost like a receipt that they can keep for the rest of their life saying, yeah, I was there. This is, this is when this happened. You know, me and the family or me and your mom or, you know, this is where we did this or this happened. Um, and they're going to own that. So the Super Bowl is actually participating. You're seeing a lot of people start to participate in the market itself. Um, now, how might you want to use it right now? I mean, you know, it's way more speculative. There's way more risk if you're just going to buy and hold. I'll tell you that with, with these projects. Um, doesn't mean that there's not going to be some people that do incredibly well, but there's probably going to be a lot of people that don't do well. Um, but as far as the, the, the technology, I do like the technology. I think there's a lot of use for it on a broad scale. Um, but, you know, the same way people would flip land or flip houses right now, there's a lot of people that are making a living flipping NFTs. Mm -hmm. So if you have the skill to understand where the, the smaller shifts on a certain time frame are happening, you could go in and, and play that game. Yeah. But you have to decide what game you're playing, right? The same way, like we as a fund have to decide which game we're playing. And we have a specific strategy that's really focused more on utility and long-term value. When the short-term flips, could you make money there? Probably, but that's not the way that we're intending to make money at the present time frame. And so, yeah, for those watching, if you want to get into NFT flipping, um, you know, there's obviously a market for it, but um, where and how that evolves and lasts is going to, um, I think, I think going to yeah. be one that no, you're going to have to be exactly. a lot closer to than I am to be able to be the one doing it. Yeah, we, so we have a friend who's one of our clients as a land investor. He was a fireman before he went land full time about four years ago. And uh, one of the firemen that he works with drew out an island on a piece of paper and had it minted and he minted 125 of them and sold them all for like a hundred bucks. And then on the resale market, some of them have sold for $1,800. So he oh drew God. a ship and minted the ship so you could get to your island. And now those are starting to sell. And yeah, so sell this big, it, it makes no sense. And, <laughs> and so you, when you talk about the utility and with a long-term hold and things like that, like that's one of those things that I think gives NFTs a bad name because you're like, the fuck is this this is nothing but just just a napkin drawing you know but the idea behind somebody somewhere is going oh well, this makes sense i'm gonna buy an island yep. oh great I, I need a boat to get to my island for this virtual world they're building in their head this the metaverse or whatever it's going to be called yeah. what it looks like and so i think it gives some it discredits some of it from some of us looking at it logically going okay as a 40 year old man okay who needs a picture of an island or a a, a bored ape you know what what behind this really makes sense versus yeah. is it part of the smart contracts or is it you know a receipt is it does it make sense as a content provider to make it an nft to where you're minting these things and your book gets resold and you get the residual value on that so it, again you you hit the nail on your head and i'm gonna have to steal that line you have to decide what game you're playing and that and that's a, that's a that's a golden nugget there that i'll probably take away forever and i'm gonna borrow it but it's uh, you 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 have to do that in all this whether it's the nft space the crypto space the multifamily space the the uh, mobile home parks, or you have to decide what game you're playing and actually play it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> These gave us a couple good nuggets, man. I like yeah. this. I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's been really interesting. I've enjoyed it. So, um, well, you want to give a shout out where people can find you? Um, tell yeah, man, for sure. So um, if, if somebody is and like for the funds, it's accredited investors. So yep. just kind of as a disclaimer there, if you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about the funds we offer and how to participate, um, you would text us. 
That's the best way. And the text number is 877-771-0615, And you just text the word INFO, I-N-F-O, and the number 1. So INFO1, text that to us. We'll get in contact with you. Um, it'll immediately respond to you and then uh, help you get set up to visit and learn more. And um, the same thing, for those who are not accredited and you're wanting to learn a little bit more, we actually do have education and courses and an ongoing uh, inner circle group. And it's more focused around the crypto side. So if people that are looking to learn more in that space, you can text us on that same number. We'll get connected with you and um, can share more information. So yeah, text us, that's the best way to get, get in touch. Let me, I want to ask you one more question because you brought up a point there and you, you hit a credit investor a couple times. Do you think you'll ever go to a non-accredited fund as well? Um, I'm not the type of person that, you know, speaks in absolutes that way. Okay. So Fair yes enough. or no, right? Yeah. Adam got it, a little Star Wars reference there. Um, so it's not to say that we wouldn't. Um, we're just not presently. And a lot of that has to do with the way that um, securities regulations work. Mm-hmm. and, um, you know, compliance and things like that. So uh, presently, um, we will continue to operate with accredited investors when it comes to the actual investment offerings, um, what the future may hold. Um, it just depends on, on how things shift and how things go. But right now, yeah, it's accredited investors. Okay. Cool. cool. Fair enough. All right, Zach. We appreciate you being here. And if you find yourself in the Fort Worth area, look us up. We'll, we'll actually take you for a real beer. It won't be an NFT. Heck beer. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, we'll we'll definitely be in that area eventually. We've got some assets in that area, so yeah, awesome. man, yeah, I'd love to get together. Very nice. All right, guys. Uh, make sure you go check out Zach, and then uh, as always, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, and then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. We appreciate it. We love you. See you next Friday. See you guys.